Asia Tech Podcast. Voice of the Asian Tech Ecosystem. Hi, my name is Neville J. McKenzie, and I'm with the Asia Tech Podcast. And today my guest is Mason Kurdi. Hello, Mason. Hi, Neville. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm very well. Thanks so much for having me. Good. Um, can you just introduce yourself? Tell us something about your background. Sure. So my name is Mazen Kurdi. Um, I'm the CEO and founder of StyleMile.com. And um, StyleMile is an online marketplace for premium, independent brands and contemporary luxury goods. So can you just give us something of your background? Tell us about your background. Sure. So let's see, where shall I start? I'm from the U.S. Um, I studied in the U.S. I also studied in Europe. I lived and worked in Europe as well, particularly in France. I spent a few years in the UAE, uh, in Dubai and Abu Dhabi, and um, I've been just under two years in Singapore now. So what were you doing in the USA and France work-wise? And so, Dubai. Yeah, and Dubai, <laughs> yeah. So I've worked, uh, I've had a mix of a career really. I've, I've worked in SMEs. I started off working in SMEs. Um, I moved on to working in startups. And then I had a stint working in uh, a few multinationals. And then now I find myself back. Uh, I'm always being pulled back to startups. So I'm back in a startup again. And what kind of industries were they? So it goes from I started off in healthcare in the U.S. I worked for a company that started off, I think I was the fifth or sixth employee. Um, and within several years, they had over 300 employees and they were sold to a big VC and then from healthcare, I moved on to working to a, uh, for a competitor um, of Uber, one of the Uber competitors in Europe. And then from then, I worked um, for one of the largest food-related uh, companies in the world. And then now I'm working in fashion. So, so it's really a bit all over the place. Yeah. So do you think that's a good thing, being all over the place? Or do you think you, would, you should have stuck to one industry? That's an interesting question. I think it depends on your on your perspective, right? So in my case, I think it's fantastic because I get to see things. Either I see patterns in different businesses that completely don't apply, or I see patterns that do apply, even though it's a completely separate business. Yeah, because I've noticed um, entrepreneurs that seem to be successful, they have a broad background. Either they've grown up with one company where they've had different roles, or like you, they've switched from one industry to another and then they find a hole and then they say, right, I'm going to apply everything I know to that hole. <laughs> so is that something that you feel you can do? I think so, definitely. Even in my multinational roles, they were still entrepreneurial. I was still left kind of on my own device to do what I needed to do. You, you still have a boss, of course. Um, and so I think, yes, over time, well, let me rephrase that. As an entrepreneur you're kind of always looking for the holes. It never stops. And I don't know if that really connects with other entrepreneurs if they hear or listen to this, but it never really stops. You're always looking for that, that sort of gap somewhere because you want to fill it. Okay, so you're here with StyleMile? That's right, yes. Right, so can you tell us a bit more about StyleMile? Sure, so StyleMile is an exclusive online marketplace. Uh, it's a platform for, as I said before, premium and contemporary luxury brands. And... Really, what we're doing is creating a platform where independent emerging premium brands have a place to showcase their products. And at the same time, we mix those brands in with established contemporary brands. So where are those brands coming from? 
Can you give us examples of the countries or locations? Sure, absolutely. So um, right now what we're focusing on is Europe. So most of the contemporary luxury brands come from Europe. It's really uh, a west-to-east type of phenomenon. But what we're looking at doing is taking those brands and then mixing them with emerging brands from Europe. And then also our second phase is looking at doing that with brands that are upcoming here in the east. So particularly in Southeast Asia. So have you looked at China or is that a market you're going to keep away from? So everyone loves to say, oh, yes, we're looking at China, right? But the reality is you need a really specified team, lots of knowledge and deep pockets to really look at China. Um, we'd love to do that, but for the moment, it's sort of it's out of our hands, right? So we are focusing on Southeast Asia. For us particularly, we think that Southeast Asia is going to be the next market, um, particularly for luxury. China's there, uh, but as a startup, we just don't have the deep pockets and expertise to go into China yet. It's definitely in the works, but I would say, you know, a bit down the line. So if you're sourcing a luxury brand in Europe, um, how do you go about finding them to join? Right. So what we do in particular is we partner with, so we've got our own parameters in terms of who we partner with. We're quite exclusive, but we partner with boutiques that we find and we source them based on their curation. There's a number of other criteria that we look at, but the primary criteria is how do they curate? And so um, just to give you a bit of background. Wait, sorry, when you say curate, right? How do you, what, what does that mean? Do they have platforms of their own? Because I, I think of curation as being getting the blogs onto your bloggers onto your website platform is that ah uh, sorry it? no so what yeah. we mean by curation is actually the selection okay. so it's being selective in terms of the brands they have so the way that our our back end operates really is so we source boutiques that are located for the moment in in Europe so throughout Europe and the way that we do that is we select them based on the selection or the mix let's use the word the term mix of brands that they have and so we look for a contemporary luxury mix um, and I can go on in a, in, a, in a few seconds in terms of the difference of, of those brands. But so basically, once we categorize that, then we onboard their products onto our site. So what we do in general is we act as a website for those boutiques that are located in Europe. The reason we do that is because those boutiques are located in particular cities, in neighborhoods, in different countries throughout Europe. They can only really sell to their neighborhood. And so... Um, I might as well, I'll go into how this kind yeah. of came about, right? That's sort of the next question, I imagine. Um, but basically, this came about by through our travel. So my wife and I like to travel, whether it's through work, um, you know, for pleasure. And one of the things that we're really interested in doing is discovering new cities. And that relates to a lot to what Style Mile is about, which is discovery. And so, you know, we like to discover the architecture, the food, the music, the people. And part of that also is the fashion. And so what we would do is we'd visit on occasion really nice boutiques that we had located. We'd go in and we'd buy something. And then on the way out, we'd say, hey, can we have your website or can we have your business card? We'd like to maybe check you out later on. More often than not, what would happen is we'd get an answer of we don't have a website. We had a website. We have a website, but not of our products are on the website. Um, or it's We always get usually it's in process. It's something we're working on. And so... Eventually, I just kind of started thinking about this and, and figured out, you know, there's a lot of pain points to having a website. That's the whole. That's it. That's the whole. Yeah. There you go. So, yeah. Yeah. So, you mentioned that you were how you selected the, um, the brands. Right. Was, it, was that what you just described or is there more to it? So, no, that comes yeah. afterwards. So, okay. yeah. So, basically, once we realized there was a lot of these pain points, I started asking. Anytime we'd have a chance, I'd walk into a boutique and ask them, you know, why don't you have a website? 
And so they'd go through a long list of things. You know, you need developers, front end, back end, designers. Um, even if you can, even if, let's say if they had the funds and they're well off and they're, and they're fine in terms of just paying a company to create a website for them. Well, now you have this entire marketing aspect of it where you, you literally need someone, you need a team full time shooting your products, styling your products. Um, and then if, even, if, even if you could do that and you have a really nice website, now you're just an island in the middle of a sea of millions of other websites. So how do people find you? And so that's how it came about in terms of you know the idea for Star Mile. So now going to the brands, once we do that, that's kind of our own criteria in terms of how we select them. But basically we look at them having a contemporary luxury mix, which is another way of saying a more affordable mix in terms of their brands. So we're not looking at the traditional luxury brands. It's more of the affordable contemporary luxury brands. So many of these, in my experience, which is limited, um, designers would be attached to these boutiques. Is that right? So, so, the, so what, the way that it would work is these boutiques, um, the owners or someone in the boutique goes out and actually buys these products from the brands themselves. So do, do, do any time do you work with um, designers? Right. So what we do yeah. as well is you have emerging designers yeah. that are known. So, for example, in Singapore, you have designers that are known locally in Singapore, but they're not known in France or the UK or London. Um, and so what we do is we select certain designers that we feel have a good future on the site, and then we integrate them with the established designers as well. And is there a do they get in touch with you, or do you only go, go no, after them? No, we pretty much go after them. So we're quite exclusive, so it's more of we research them, uh, we see where they're selling, we see what type of materials they use, you know, where is it made, what is that unique product that they're selling. And then we'll go out and contact them and see if they're a right fit uh, to be on StarMile. So when you started, um, how did you finance the company? Was it something you um, started on a small scale? Or was it something that you thought, this is going to be big, let's go in big? Was it small or big? So we think this is going to be big, but yeah. it's, it's, this, is really, this is fashion, right? So it's a segmented market and it's a, it's a long burn. So... Um, We've, it, we're self-funded. We've started off small. However, now we've grown to a certain size. And How big are you? So in terms of our team, we're roughly 10 persons. Um, obviously, it's still a, stall, a, a small startup. Yeah. And then another 5 to 10 in terms of freelance. So we have our own photographers, models, stylists, hair, makeup. We have to do all of that. Um, and so in terms of the core team, we're just under 10 people. Um, and so, um, you know, I, I think that's where... We have had some challenges, but we're, we're, we've been able to, to make it to where we are now, and we're just starting to look at potentially looking at funding outside of what we're doing now. So you're based in Singapore, right? and you have teams in Europe? Right, so we've got a team in Europe now. Yeah. Um, we've actually just opened up a small office in Europe, and um, so you, you know we've got our hunters, let's say, in terms of looking at brands that we're sourcing there. And now from Singapore, we're looking at... So Singapore's a great place, to rephrase that. Singapore's a great place in, in terms of pivoting from Asia to Europe. And in terms of that, we're looking at now setting up a team here so we can start looking for those brands here as well. So in Singapore, we're, we're, we're okay. We've got the brands that we want to work with. And we're more looking at now, in, in particular, Indonesia, Malaysia, Thailand, Vietnam. There's some really fantastic brands that can go west. And then at the same time, um, looking at building up our customer base in Southeast Asia to bring those brands coming from uh, from the West. Uh, 
how how do you um get from being a small company in what is very competitive because from what i can see my wife she's always shopping online not always but frequently um and there are many brands out there that are well established so how do you see yourself being able to create a space that p- people can will go to you right so that's interesting what we're doing is looking at millennials so um for those that are listening that aren't familiar so millennials are that is that grouping of people that have been born roughly in the early 80s to the mid 90s and so millennials have a different relationship with luxury they're the ones now that are really looking at buying contemporary luxury and the reason for that is that primarily they're still looking for those unique luxurious products but they're not willing to pay the prices that previous generations have been willing to pay. And so what it's done is it's created an opening where new brands can come in to fulfill that. And then also some of the established brands have been successful in doing that. And so that's really um, that target of brands that we look at to put on the site. So you mentioned that millennials aren't willing to pay the price that previous generations have paid. Why is that? What's changed? So... I mean, there's a, there's a few things, but they're really looking at value for money. So, you know, you can go, the, the, in the previous generation, there's also, not to mention names, but there's all sorts of brands you can go out and spend thousands of, of pounds or euros on to buy those brands. And with millennials, it's really about the value. They want to see that value. They're very connected online. They're very connected digitally. And they're very influenced by what's happening online. And so that grouping together of people is looking at, okay, I do want to buy luxury, but they're trading down from those established higher-end, higher-priced luxury brands to more mid-level brands because they want that value for money. So uh, how yeah, – I'm trying to work, work it out. Because from what I can see, millennials um, are not that much different in, say, one country to another, but they would be different from different cultures. Right. You know, so maybe re- rephrase that. Different cultures, do they have different types of millennials? So that would be going really deep into millennials, but absolutely. But the core um, columns of what creates this grouping together is the same. And so, interestingly enough, they're all looking at the same brands as well. I mean, there are thousands of brands out there. But in terms of the ones that we look at, it's the same brands. So they like to mix and and match. So they might have, you know, so in our case, we have our our core is this contemporary luxury um, segment. Then we have a bit of higher end brands and we have a bit of lower end brands and these emerging brands. And so they've traded down and they like to mix and match these brands together. So do you have um, brand ambassadors or ambassadors, influencers? How do you get them involved? So we do have influencers. uh, In terms of ambassadors, it's something we're looking at now. Um, but we do have influencers. So what we're doing is obviously through social media, we look at different target cities. So we don't have a country strategy. We have, we have city strategies. And then we look to see where those potential shoppers are um, in terms of our products. And so that really sort of is another question in itself. That's been a challenge that we've had is you need to create your supply and you also have to create the, the demand at the same time. Otherwise, your suppliers, you know, question your your methods in terms of how you're bringing on these shoppers. But um, in terms of that, that's the balance that we're looking at. So per city, we look at, okay, what brands are these millennials looking at in that particular city? And then 
we market the um, brands that they think they're interested in buying simultaneously. Okay, so we have your pitch deck here. Um, is there anything that you want to have a look at, or you could describe that would be would help us out? So sure, this is more of a back end perspective, let's say, um, in terms of our boutiques and our designers. So when you look at this, um, if we were speaking to a boutique in Europe and they had questions for us, we might say to them, "So are you currently selling anything, let's say, in another city?" Ninety nine percent of the time, they say no. They're not selling outside of their neighborhood. And so what we do is we give them access to a completely global market. So anyone who comes on to Style they can be anywhere in the world, right? And they could be selecting a bag that's sitting on a shelf in that particular boutique. And so some of the interesting things, over time what happens is they start to see what they're selling where. And they'll have information in terms of potentially what other partners are buying. So let's say there's a really it bag that's selling um, in different parts of the world, they will be able to then stock up on that particular bag and take part in selling it as well. So in, in terms of overall for, from this slide, it's it's really saying that we give access to a global market, whereas before, you know, you're just in your local neighborhood. So how do you manage the logistics of that? So in terms of logistics, we've partnered with a global um, supplier, and so we make sure, for example, that anywhere in the world, roughly speaking, you are able to have your product within three days. So if you have someone in the U.S. and they've ordered from a boutique in, let's say, Croatia, for example, within 72 hours, the product is at your door. So you, is, would that be handled by your logistics team or do you outsource it? So that's outsourced. So we have yeah. a logistics partner. We oversee it. Um, to make sure everything is working properly, but that's outsourced to a logistics partner. It's a global logistics partner. And if there are any complaints, um, which is where many companies fall, fall down to, right? Um, how do you handle those? So in terms of complaints, knock on wood and everything else, we don't have those often now. Um, but the idea is we have our own packaging that we use. So everything's consistent. No matter where you order from, you have the same experience. Um, I think potentially really things that can happen are you know forces of nature weather things like that they can slow down a package normally in normal conditions the the global suppliers have really taken care of that okay um is there anything you else you want to mention let's see um i think you know for anyone out there that's listening what's what's interesting about fashion and particularly contemporary luxury fashion it's a fragmented market it's, so just as, as of last year, there were over $300 billion in sales in the luxury market, personal luxury goods. And so it's expected to go over $450 billion in the next several years. Again, it, it's fragmented, so there's room for different players. And so I think if you focus on the right niche and you offer, like as you mentioned, the right service, um, it's, it's a really interesting time to be in the luxury fashion space, particularly digitally. And if anyone wants to get in touch with you? Sure, they can reach me uh, by my email, um, and I'm quite active on LinkedIn as well. So, you do you write on LinkedIn? Uh, I don't write on LinkedIn myself, oh, okay. no. Yeah. Um, but if anyone reaches out, I'm I'm happy to respond back to that. Okay, thank you very much, Mazen, and um, we'll keep in touch. Thanks so much, Neville. I okay. appreciate being here. Thanks. You've been listening to Asia Tech Podcast. Find out more at atp.show.